You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Hey, welcome to Inside Purple and Gold. Jace Frederick, Dane Mizutani talking a Vikings win, or as I saw it described many ways on Twitter, uh, a Lions loss. Minnesota comes back to pull out a 28-24 victory at home over Detroit. After trailing by 10 in this game, trailing by 14 in the first half, 10 in the second half, building themselves hole after hole. With a little help uh, from the opponent, they got out of it. Um, it kind of comes to a culmination of Kirk Cousins hitting K.J. Osborne for touchdown to end the game. Uh, well, not to end the game, but with 28-yard touchdown with like 45 seconds to go. Uh, mm-hmm. Minnesota pulls it out. Dane, what were your takeaways from that one? One that did not look pretty many, many times for Minnesota, but will still at the end of the day go down as a W in the column. Uh, takeaways are like at least Detroit still plays in the division because right. no matter how good Detroit is or is supposed to be or how improved they, they appear to be, they're still Detroit at the end of the day, and, and the Lions are going to Lions. I, I mean, we saw I saw that on Twitter a lot. Um, this was – a meltdown by them. Uh, it's it's a game they had in the bag. So if you're a Vikings fan right now, you can't feel very good walking away from this. Like you'll just take this and move on to week four. Um, but we talked a little bit about this on Thursday. Like all they really did was hold serve and they held serve in probably the least impressive fashion uh, imaginable. Um, clutch play down the stretch by Kirk Cousins. Clutch play down the st- stretch by, by KJ Osborne a couple highlights from the defense here and there um, in the second half. First half, that defense looked like they were going to continuously get gashed, which I'm, I'm not so sure they won't over the course of the season. Um, but there were some bright spots in the second half. But overall, when when you digest this game, when you move forward, you just can't be feeling too good about this. I don't know how good the Vikings are. Um, we, we still don't know how good they are. Um, maybe we, we, maybe we know they're not that good because they, they're struggling to beat Detroit at home. Um, but at the end of the day, they're two and one heading into week four funky week this week with the London game coming up. I think they're only going to be in London for four days. Um, so the apologists of the Vikings will say, well, we don't know much about them after this week either, because that's such a weird game. Um, but I don't know, Jason, it's just so up and down. It's another example of, of riding this roller coaster, which we've talked a lot about, um, Buckle up. It's going to be all, like this all season, I think. It's a weird game in that that's what it looks like when two not very good teams meet. Um, that's what's kind of my takeaway from the whole thing, frankly. Um, that's two teams that look like they're going to finish between 7 and 10 and 9 and 8. That that was really like watching the game. That's what it looked like. Um, and, hey, maybe this win helps push Minnesota more towards that 9-win total uh, that, that helps you sneak into the playoffs. And you can say, hey, they were a playoff team this year. That's where they're at right now. And there's a lot of time to grow and maybe there's a lot of growth that can happen on both ends because Minnesota certainly needs it, um, but you'd rather grow and learn while winning versus losing. So that's really nice for Minnesota. Detroit's got to feel demoralized after this game. Um, I will say like 
Detroit losing two of their offensive weapons, not like in terms of plays, but Amonor St. Brown left the field for a while with that ankle, came back, and was essentially jogging around the field the rest of the game. He went from unguardable, like four catches for 54 yards in like a quarter and a half. Minnesota had nothing for him. All of a sudden, then it looks like he sprained his ankle. Um, they taped it up and said, get back out there, slugger. Um, and he jogged at, what, 50% speed. Um, still was able to take advantage of some big cushions. Right, and he did hit he did hit the 70 and a half over. Uh, he had 73 yards. That, I think he went back out there. I think he went back out there just for you for that. Yeah, I think so. Assuming. I think he's like, he's like, Dane, trust me. I got to put it together. DeAndre Swift uh, suffered what looked like some kind of knee, quad injury, whatever. Um, came back out on the field a little bit, but you could tell that he was down um, because Jamal Williams was playing almost exclusively at the end. Like Swift was like, okay, we need a couple plays from like Williams has to come off for a little bit. Swift would go in for like two plays and then back out. Um, so their two biggest playmakers were playing at like maybe 70% for you know a good chunk of that game. But Minnesota's defense still, I thought, played a little better. Um, Jared Goff certainly gashed them when they had time. But hey, the defense showed up at the end when they absolutely needed it. Uh, Let's get into like the end of this game now because there's plenty of time to say, hey, the offense did this, the defense did this, whatever. Minnesota thoroughly outplayed for much of this game, uh, trailed 14 to 24 when they got the ball back with 10.39 to go in the fourth quarter. And then the Vikings engineered to drive. Uh, six plays, 57 yards, took less than three minutes, ends in an Alexander like bulldog rush. Like, good morning football does like an angry run segment on, I think, Tuesday mornings, maybe, um, where it, Kyle Brand awards it's whoever had like the fiercest run of the week. I'm, I'm sure there'll be other ones, but Alexander Madison literally ran over two dudes uh, to get into the end zone on second and goal from the sixth. That was a huge play because like you can't settle for a field goal there. We see how different the game looks in that spot. If you're down seven versus down three, um, what Madison did to power in to cap that drive really like got Minnesota back to a point where it's like, okay, yeah, they're in the game here. Remember when people wanted to trade Alexander Madison, like at the end of training camp, People were saying, oh, let's roll with Ty Chandler. This is proof that, that, like, this is why he's on the team. I'm in an airport. So if you hear this uh, over the intercom, it's because I'm in the Charlotte airport right now. But Alexander Madison, there's a reason the Vikings didn't trade him. It would have had to be not a King's ransom, but no, something really, no. really intense. Like a third uh, round, really, pick, really, second round pick. Yeah, something enticing. Um, not like a sixth round pick and, you know, not like a. Th- the rhetoric was all oh, they'll just trade him for a, a starting center. That, that doesn't happen either. Um, Alexander's Madison was always more valuable on this team. And he showed that today when Dalvin cook got a little banged up, the run was impressive. Uh, I think you were hinting at this, the Detroit management of the game, the rest of the way. Yeah. Was yeah. Not we'll get to that at all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Madison finished with seven rushes for 28 and the touchdown uh, Dalvin cook. Uh, left the game after his fumble where it literally was a butt fumble. Uh, he runs into a, a Vikings lineman and loses the ball and then gets crushed after that, um, which leads to the shoulder injury. Kevin O'Connell saying post game that cook is day to day. Uh, so we'll see if he's ready to go for the London game. Cook apparently told O'Connell, Hey, I'm good to go next Sunday. Um, but we'll see if he's out there next Sunday morning. And if he's not, Minnesota has a really good option in Alexander Madison who has filled in, capably at minimum before i'm um, delivered a big play here but so minnesota still down three at this i mean yeah, still down three at this point uh and you're still not sure which way this game's gonna go but then detroit turns it over on downs uh minnesota did make a couple fourth down stops uh but jamal williams getting absolutely stopped on a fourth and one from the minnesota 30 that was one that it felt like minnesota absolutely had to have um and the play call detroit ran it was like everybody would have bet their house on it being a running play and Essentially, it was like Detroit didn't have enough dudes to block Minnesota. Um, but 
Daniil Hunter with like his one good play of the game uh, joins Patrick Peterson for the joint tackle and, and Williams is smothered. And you're like, all right, here we go. Vikings have a chance to get the ball back, get it in field goal range and at least put this thing into overtime. And Hey, first play goes to Thielen for 15 yards. Um, and then Detroit just decides we are going to send everybody up the middle of this offensive line via the blitz and absolutely blew up the rest of Minnesota's possession. Um, it was like, throw it away, throw it away throw it away. Um, the final play, the fourth down play, people were very upset that uh, Thielen and whoever the corner was, I don't know if it's the same guy who got called for six different uh, <laughs> defensive contacts, holdings throughout the game. Uh, but Adam Thielen gets into like a little bit of a holding match um, and there's no call. But frankly, like, I don't know. I don't know if that's ever going to get called on fourth down. It was Amani. Uruwarie, um, who was just flagged for just about everything. But he did not get flagged on this one, a fourth down play. And frankly, the throw wasn't that close. And it was still like, uh, here comes pressure. I'm just going to chuck it. Um, so Detroit dominates Minnesota on this possession. Uh, the Vikings have to give the ball away uh, with now 236 left. And Detroit gets the ball at the 47-yard line. And it's like, okay, Detroit might be able to run the clock out here. Uh, but frankly... I don't know. Detroit kind of like sold out for the run, which I get for clock purposes. But there was no question what they were doing. It was easy for Minnesota to load up. Detroit didn't have much interest in making Minnesota pay, so to speak. Um, yeah, so Detroit then finally, though, gets one play out of Jamal Williams. And I, this might have hurt the team in the long run. Uh, but Jamal Williams goes left tackle to the Minnesota 36 for 10 yards with two minutes to go. Uh, one, they can wind it down to a minute 20 on the clock. And now you're facing the choice, Dane, and I'm wondering what you're thinking in this spot. Detroit's facing a fourth and four from the Minnesota 36. They're up three, a minute 15 left. What would you do here? Because you see all three options. You can kick the field goal, you can punt, try to pin them inside the 10, or you can go for it and try to end the game. What are you doing in this spot? I'm definitely going for it here. Um, def- I, I would never punt from the 36-yard line, for, for the record. Um, but fourth and four, you, you get it, you win the game. Um, I, I know Minnesota's defense stepped up in the second half. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But I, and I know you you were down weapons offensively if you're Detroit. But at the end of the day, like it's four yards and you win the football game, or you try a 54 yarder. You don't have Justin Tucker back there. You have someone named Austin Cyber. You know, He's like terrible from distance. I wasn't quite aware of this. Detroit fans made it very obvious on Twitter. He is an awful kicker from distance. So that does factor into this. The, the thing that bothered me the most, or would if 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 I was someone who had followed the Lions intently, what would have bothered me the most is that Dan Campbell opted to kick that field goal there, but then opted to go for it on fourth and one when he was closer into in, into Austin Seibert's field goal range on the previous possession. It kind of feels like pick one. Like, do you want to go up six there? Do you want to try and win the game? Clearly, the the down and distance and the game situation was a little bit different when, when they were going for it on fourth and one and got stuffed and Minnesota got the ball back. But, at, like... All you're doing there is, I feel like it, it's, it's got to be a school of thought. We're going to go for it on fourth down. We're trying to win this game. We're going to try and kill the clock, bleed it out. Uh, 
it kind of felt like Dan Campbell panicked there. It felt like he didn't really know After what he wanted out, to do. He had time to think right. about it too. Like he was like, I don't know. Like, uh, we'll just try and kick the field goal. If we kick the field goal, then they have to score a touchdown. Obviously, as you've said to open the show, like Minnesota scored a touchdown anyway. So it was like, I don't know. I always am going to be in favor of going for the win, um, making it so I don't have to give the other team the ball back. Um, worst case scenario, you go for it on fourth down. Minnesota takes over right where they did when Austin Seibert missed the field goal, which sounds like a lot of people figured he would. Not that good. It's not like, like I said, you don't have Justin Tucker back there. Um, if you do, he's he's a guy that that gives you an advantage. Um, he gives Baltimore Ravens an advantage every week because you can count on him to make basically anything. Uh, there aren't a lot of kickers like that that exist, and Austin Seibert's definitely not one of them. No, he he's he's not good from outside forty yards. The numbers are there; like he's sub fifty percent from out from. Frankly, it's like you shouldn't be an NFL kicker at that point anyway. There are enough other guys on the street who can make those, um, but you don't have a good option. That should be like factor number one where you're ruling that out. I the math says not to do it anyway, but like, yeah, if you want to use one of your best weapons and say, hey, we're gonna give ourselves some kind of advantage because we've got this great weapon, but you don't have one. Um, you have a guy who's a detriment to your team, and you're gonna put him in the big spot to mathematically do the wrong thing anyway. Uh, no, thanks. Um, I, I, I'm totally with you. I would go for it 100% of the time. The field goal, like say, say Jared Goff throws an incomplete pass there. Now Minnesota gets it at the 36. Instead, you kick the field goal and miss. Now they get it at the 44. Like, especially when you're protecting a field goal lead, eight yards can make a big difference there too. What's the reward is the reward is putting yourself up six with a minute, 10 left. Now Minnesota can return the kick out to, you know, the 25 or whatever. Um, and you're still like, and they know they need to score touchdowns, So they're planning for that. And we've seen teams give up scores in that spot all the time, Like you're just not in that much better of a spot. And the risk is huge. And the reward is not that big. I would have, I hate punting. I would have understood that more. Um, okay. Say you actually pin them inside the tent. Say you pin them conservatively at the eight yard line. Uh, Minnesota now has to go, see 52 62 65 yards in 60 seconds or whatever uh, to tie the game just to have like a decent chance to tie the game that makes more sense to me than kicking the field goal i didn't i mean like that was the worst possible decision for a guy who like i'd seen grass and whatnot this week he'd been one of the best last year i think one of the best this year at knowing when to go for it on fourth all these types of things but now this one mattered uh, this was a situation that really determines a game at the end and you totally botched it um that was wild okay but let's get past that Let's, do you have something you really want to touch on? No, okay. no I just, I mean, it, I just wanted to touch on the fact that you said you would have punted from the 36 yard line. Yeah. I, um, I, I think right there, like making a team go an extra 30 I yards. It. I get it. In like, I get it because Minnesota had no timeouts. If they had one timeout or whatever, I'd been like, Oh, okay. Uh, but you see the clock can run Minnesota as it showed at the end of the first half. Can't always manage the clock anyway. Uh, so like now they don't get it. So Minnesota takes over at the 44 first pass. Every pass on this drive, by the way, from Kirk Cousins went to KJ Osborne. First pass, our guy, our guy in training camp. Incomplete to KJ Osborne. Second pass, this was a nice one over the middle. KJ Osborne, 28 yards. Now we're sitting here and it's like, okay, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, got to get down. You got to get down the ball, set yourself up for second down, um, or like get a play going. But either way, like we're looking at, you know, you're probably going to snap it with about 35 seconds or so. Um, but so the clock is a factor for sure. Nope. Dan Campbell calls their final timeout got to make the right substitutions as if you didn't already have a defensive pass personnel grouping out there you had to do the exact same thing again uh with 45 seconds left now minnesota gets to dial up whatever they want the clock 45 seconds left from the 28 is not really a factor um 
you take Minnesota from like scramble mode into like, oh, okay, I guess we're in pretty good position here now. Uh, the clock is stopped. We can do whatever we want. That was one of the dumber timeouts I've seen a coach take, and I've seen a lot of dumb timeouts in the NFL. Uh, another way that Dan Campbell just shoots himself in the foot. And I don't know what Detroit was doing defensively at the end of that game because after the series before, Detroit sends pressure up the middle every single play and gets Minnesota off the field and totally rattles Kirk Cousins. Uh, they didn't bring any pressure on those final two plays. Four-man rush, Minnesota handles it. Kirk Cousins strike to K.J. Osborne. Next play, Kirk Cousins strike to K.J. Osborne, who just cooked Mike Hughes, which I'm sure Vikings fans are used to seeing. Uh, just destroyed Mike Hughes on a one-on-one. Didn't look like any safety help over the top. Easy pitch and catch. Easy touchdown. Uh, Detroit is basically donezo at that point. Uh, J.R. got did throw a desperation interception which was picked off uh by metellus who you know hey making your first start good for you to end the game but just a world-class botchery from detroit and hey minnesota somebody's got to take advantage and the vikings did that yeah um kj osborne our guy um he just steps up make fig plays he was basically non-existent for the first i guess two games but two and a half games because he basically first, didn't play this game either so. first, okay 60 minutes plus 60 minutes plus 59 minutes. Uh, yeah, for like the first 179 minutes of the season, it's pretty much uh, an afterthought. But uh, this is what he does. He's done this before. Um, I think this is what he's capable of. Um, obviously, it helps when you're going against a guy like Mike Hughes and I guess, uh, you know, a, a defensive scheme that was just giving the Vikings everything underneath. And, and KJ Osborne obviously was able to slip past someone on, on, on the right side. Um, you know, wide open in the end zone when he caught it. The way that Detroit played defense, and you touched on it, like in the final, on that final drive was was awful. But you see it so many times from NFL teams. It's like, okay, we've been dominating this team all, all day, uh, blitzing, being really creative. Uh, but, when, you know, when, when, we, we, when we can't give up a touchdown or when we can't afford to give up a field goal, we change everything. And we only, you know, we rush three and we drop back in coverage because we're so good at that. And and, and and so many teams do that. They play like this shell cover, you know, uh, they try to win the game by playing prevent. And, when, and you know the saying, prevents you from winning the game. When Minnesota just needed 20 yards over a minute and 10 seconds, which, again, terrible decision to kick <laughs> that field goal. Uh, they needed 20 yards to get into field goal range. Like, you had to stop them. You didn't have to present a big play. You had to, like force a turnover on downs and instead they stopped doing what had worked all game bringing pressure up the middle which minnesota's interior offensive line they can barely handle the four-man rush they cannot handle extra guys coming up there as we've seen now from philly and detroit but detroit aaron glenn tear i mean like horrific uh choices there in those last two plays of the game and minnesota takes advantage um Kirk Cousins played a role in that too and i want to get to that here after the break um, as we kind of break down the vikings offensive performance <laughs> 